This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. Welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Wright. And I'm your sometimes host, Adam Scalina. And we have a, a new sound system here in the podcast studio, which is super exciting, Corey. Well, I walked uh, in today. Live studio audience as well. Yeah, I, live studio <laughs> audience. So if you want tickets, email us. Uh, when I walked in today and I saw your setup, I thought I was at a Vegas pool party and you were going to start to DJ. Yeah. You, well, looked, you don't want me. I take you, you seriously now. <laughs> I take you seriously now. <laughs> This is a super exciting uh, episode today that we have. We've got Dave Algra. He is the principal of Algra Bros. If you are in the Valley, specifically in Abbotsford or Chilliwack, yeah. you definitely know who the Algra Bros are. Family business, uh, three brothers, definitely changing the face of retail in Chilliwack and Abbotsford. Well, if you've been in the old Abbotsford historical district, you'll notice some other work along there. And if you've been down to the older part of Chilliwack, They've done a tremendous, tremendous project down there, 1881, that we wanted to have bring Dave on today to talk about because a lot of people maybe don't understand just how much that old part of Chilliwack has changed. And obviously with COVID coming into play over the past couple of years, there's been a tremendous run up on demand for the Chilliwack market, whether it be residential or commercial. So he comes on, talks all about this amazing new project that's completely regentrifying and changing the face of the downtown Chilliwack marketplace. Right. And uh, we talk about kind of carving out a niche. We talk about some of the challenges that you experience when you're yeah. focusing on on the downtown. And, and a lot of these were heritage buildings. Yeah. Not all of them could be saved, but kind of working to restore kind of older buildings. Why focus away from car-centric commercial spaces? Yeah, Lots to kind of unpack here. And then also where Dave sees the opportunities in the market. Yeah. And it's one thing too, like if, if you've been to Chilliwack and you've been to projects that he talks about, like Garrison Crossing and all of that stuff, they've got these almost these little mini master plan type communities within the city that he talks a lot about pedestrian oriented developments. And he focuses really hard on that. And that seems to be a big niche that they've really, really exploited other developers may not have seen the same opportunities and they've done an excellent job in their projects in the old Abbotsford area, but also in, old, in the old downtown Chilliwack core. If you have a chance to visit those spaces after listening to this episode, you'll really start to be able to connect with what he's saying they focus on and actually experiencing it for yourself. Right. And Corey, before we cut to our conversation with Dave, we had the mayor of Langford on and then we had the mayor of Nanaimo on. Yes. Did it sound like there might be some friction between those two well, you, mayors? Well, you mayors? know, you mean that they're, they're, they're both great cities. <laughs> yeah. They're both almost, you know, side by side to some degree. You know what? I think, I think I would, I would love to have, you know. A celebrity uh, boxing match? Yeah. You know, that could be it. That could be it. <laughs> Mayor Young and Langford versus Mayor Krogan and Nanaimo. It could be an interesting match. Right. Um, great cities both. And to go one step further. Well, we're on Vancouver Island. We might as well get the mayor of Victoria on. We have her coming on later in April. Wow. To come on to talk all about Victoria. So we've got the island fully covered. No, but those are definitely two episodes that if you haven't heard them, you should go check them out. And it's awesome that you're getting these uh, 
these mayors. Well, it's, I, it's like be, a new a new podcast. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I can't take credit. Vanessa, my assistant, I give her an idea. She runs with it, and she comes back with all the mayors from all the major cities on Vancouver Island as if it's all in a day's work for her. Right. Oh, so well, we've got we've got the island fully covered. We got the island fully covered. Awesome. And uh, the residential market, we've talked about it on our sister show, Vancouver Real Estate Podcast, but. Generally speaking, right now, it seems like interest rates are climbing. Yeah, We are noticing that the market seems a bit spottier than it has been. Still a lot of movement in the market, but the general consensus is some of the areas further out in the valley are kind of softening a yeah. bit. What are you seeing in commercial? Well, so traditionally, we a lot of, we'll just take income properties, for example, they sell on a capitalization rate or a cap rate. Traditionally, as the cost of debt goes up, cap rates typically might go up, which would then push prices down. The two things that we don't have answers to right now is we've got probably some of the lowest inventory on record that we can ever remember, which without inventory, we can't sell. And we also have about 30% more money has been pumped into the economy over the past couple of years that we don't know where that's at. So hypothetically, you would think things should slow down a little bit as interest rates rise, but with zero inventory and maybe too much money out there, that could continue to spur the, you know, the prices we're seeing now and maybe into the future, regardless of interest rates. I know interest rates, they seem to be over four, four and a half percent in the commercial world now, which is obviously a quite a big jump from where they were just a year ago. So time will tell, but I think there's two factors out there that no one has the answer to because we've just never been through this before. Right, right. Well, it will be interesting to watch how it plays out. But without further ado, let's cut to our conversation with Dave Algra. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial, John, Allen, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. Okay, so we're here with Dave Algra, principal at Algra Bros. How you doing, Dave? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing really well. Thanks for taking the time today. I know you guys are really busy, but I uh, appreciate having you on the program. Can you maybe start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. I was born and raised in the Valley. I actually live in Abbotsford and um, two of my brothers and I, I actually have four brothers and a sister, but three of us, we were framers when we were young and we started framing and general contracting and started developing and built up a development company. And we were predominantly residential for quite a few years and got into the commercial game probably about seven or eight years ago. And now we have a mixture of commercial and res ongoing. Why the switch from residential to commercial? Well, it's kind of funny. We had uh, an industrial park in uh, Abbotsford. Our company's quite vertically integrated, so we do our own design. We're in charge of our own production, and we have our own sales and marketing team. So we have a decent amount of office staff. Our office was in the industrial park in Abbotsford, and we decided we wanted to move our office to a more walkable part of the city. So we started looking for space in downtown Abbotsford, in the historic downtown, and we spent about a year and a half looking for a space that we thought was suitable and we couldn't find anything. So we decided to build our own building. And before we were half done that building, it was sold and we built another one and it was sold. And yeah, we just sort of fell into it and we really enjoyed it. It's uh, been a good break or departure from residential. It's more interesting. 
And um, we felt like there was a real niche in the commercial market. Most of the commercial development is all large format, uh, very car centric stuff. And we have a real interest in, in pedestrian oriented development. And there's a, we felt there's a big hole in the market in the Valley for like real pedestrian oriented, high quality commercial spaces, especially smaller format stuff. So yeah, it's a niche we've been trying to exploit for the last, I guess, seven, eight years. And here we are. So Dave, there the, the project you're referring to, is that the project there on, on Montrose Avenue? in old Abbotsford is that kind of where that you guys broke into the commercial part of it yeah we did a new build on an old lot on Montrose and South Fraser Way and then um, we started buying existing buildings and like doing extreme renovations to them so we have a few buildings we did on Montrose and some on Essendine and Pauline Street kind of scattered throughout the historic downtown there we did a bunch there yeah so now, one thing we wanted to, to talk to you about today was obviously there's been a big transition in the housing market, especially over since COVID, where there's been a lot more onus put on livability and yard space and all that stuff. And, and you know, thus, you've seen markets like Abbotsford and Chilliwack from the residential side really kind of come into their own and seen a major, major growth in population and prices there. The old downtown Chilliwack project, which was, I mean, I don't want to say the old downtown Chilliwack was an eyesore. I don't mean that in a negative way. It just, it wasn't developed. It had so much potential and it was waiting for that group to come in there and really sort of emphasize what potentially could that downtown core become. Can we talk about that project, how you guys got involved, how it got started and you know, sort of walk us through that? Well, yeah, the city of Chilliwack, obviously they watched their downtown core or their historic downtown cores decay probably over 20 or almost 30 years. And um, they tried multiple things to sort of instigate growth and revitalization there. And it was probably about 10 years ago, they they decided to start investing in real estate down there and they started assembling land. And um, they assembled, I think it was a, just over 20 properties for a four-acre site right at five corners. So they consolidated almost a whole block. They actually put the, the block out to RFP and they were looking for a developer to come in and create a project there that would help them revitalize their downtown. And... When the RFP came out in Chilliwack, we were actually quite busy in Abbotsford. Like we were in four or five projects in the downtown there at that time. And we had assembled a bunch of more land in downtown Abbotsford. And we actually didn't respond to the RFP when it came out. We were invited to, but we didn't have the capacity to do it. And then we ran into some problems with the city of Abbotsford with regards to what our new projects were going to be in the downtown. I had some resistance from city on what we wanted to do. And we made the decision to liquidate everything we had in Abbotsford and uh, take a shot at the RFP in Chilliwack. So we actually ended up late to the game for the RFP response. So we didn't have a lot of time to put together our, our proposal, but we managed to get it, get it together. And it took us about nine months to get through a deal with the city of Chilliwack. And then we purchased their whole four acre site from them in the downtown. So the Chilliwack project was, we felt it was pretty much the same sort of social issues happening and the same sort of kind of decay and and um, almost zero interest from the general public in starting new businesses or operating good businesses there like it was in downtown Abbotsford when we started, just on a bigger scale. And over the years we worked in downtown Abbotsford, we, we sort of figured out a few ways to deal with the issues that were there and how to try and attract decent tenants to our spaces there. And we sort of took what we learned in downtown Abbotsford and just applied it on a bigger scale in Chilliwack. 
So when you say the site is four acres, kind of a small master plan community idea, I'm guessing is kind of where this project sort of started from and ended up. Can you talk to about like the square footage and the magnitude of how much commercial space and office space and residential space is coming into that four acre site? Yeah. So on the four acres, we have about 80,000 feet of commercial retail and office space. And then uh, we did a five-story res building, just, uh, just over 65 units on there. And then we'll have another 12 townhouse units and then another 70 apartment units. So end up with about 160 res units on there and then 80,000 feet roughly of commercial retail and office. And the retail is probably 80% of the 80,000 feet and office is about 20 and so, Dave, is is the goal to sell? Yeah, <laughs> um, we've always wanted to retain the real estate that we we develop and and like design and build. We always have have aspirations of keeping it, and then usually what happens is we end up selling it. And we have never intended to sell our real estate, but people usually show up and really want to buy it, so we end up selling it. So our intent is to not sell downtown Chilliwack the 1881 site uh, when we're done it'll be one title one property and uh, we have aspirations of keeping it but who knows what happens there in the future if it's the right offer I guess (laughs) yeah Adam, yeah, Adam's exactly. checking his pockets right now to see how much money he has. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not the buyer. Get in, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, in, in just thinking about uh, one of the things that kind of struck me earlier on in our chat was you were talking about how your your niche is a departure from car-centric building. Why is that important or appeal, appealing for you guys? Yeah, so are you guys familiar with the Garrison Crossing development in Chilliwack on the other side? Yeah, I am very much so. I'm not, I can't speak for Adam, though. Yeah, so. Garrison Crossing was actually the old uh, Canadian Forces base on the south side of Chilliwack. We were fortunate enough to become one of the builders in that project. Canada Lands Company was the developer of it. And we built in Garrison Crossing for, I think, about nine years. I think we finished up there in 2017. And Garrison Crossing was probably one of the best examples of pedestrian-oriented residential development. I'm going to say for sure in the valley and would probably rate extremely high in the lower mainland and building there for so many years and uh, selling product there for so many years. We figured out the value that people were placing on pedestrian oriented development, like from a residential perspective. And we learned a lot about that from the Canada lands architects and urban planners they had and how they laid things out. And, and then realized on the market side how much people were valuing the pedestrian experience that went along with their neighborhood. And um, that's really what triggered us onto the POD stuff. And the theories carried through to our commercial stuff. And then also watching like the really successful retailers now, like present day, they're all offering experience along with whatever commodity or good or service they sell. So the the uh, retailers that we see that are not focused on customer experience are not are not getting really high or having really high value offerings. They're more commodity based, and anybody that's sort of a niche or higher end product, we feel are are doing better if they have an experience associated with that purchase of the good or service. And the pedestrian 
experience is sort of what we've been chasing. So there's different people offering experiences different ways, but we think pedestrian experience is a, is a great one for businesses. And that's sort of what's translated into our focus on pedestrian-oriented commercial development. Can we kind of go for the listener's sake, maybe define pedestrian-oriented developments? Is there, can we sort of maybe elaborate a little bit more on that to create a visual for what, what your specialties sort of become and where your successes come from? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the easy way to describe it is designing things for people and not designing things for cars. So when you say that, obviously, the first thing you think about is, you know, roads and creating laneways or roads or places for people to walk where they're not second to a car or they're not sharing with cars. And then the other thing that comes along with that is the the massing and placement of your buildings and the distances between your buildings, like the exterior spaces you're able to make when you don't have to provide space for cars, you're able to create that old city feel, like the narrow streets with two and three story buildings. You can't create that feel while you're having today's minimum road sizes prescribed to those developments. So would be building mass, building siding, and then on the hierarchy of movement, having pedestrians be above cars. Dave, what are some of the challenges that you face by focusing on kind of more pedestrian-focused buildings? <laughs> Parking. <laughs> yeah, <I guess so. laughs> uh, it's uh, people's perception, uh, and it's with it's been interesting watching commercial tenants. Um, a lot of commercial tenants are of the opinion that if they don't have a giant parking lot in front of their business that people can see and park in that people aren't going to come to their business so over the years we have lots of examples of businesses you know that coffee shops or restaurants or different retailers we've put in spaces where you know in front of their actual storefront they have two or three parking stalls or sometimes zero parking stalls but as long as there's parking, I mean, there's a lot of studies that have been done on how far people will walk and three blocks is pretty much the max. But if you have parking for people within a block and you have a good or service that they really want or an experience that they want, people will park a block away and walk. It's been challenging to teach tenants that that will happen for sure. Yeah. I'm just thinking about like, my guess is that municipalities love you guys when you come in and, <laughs> and how, how has it been working with with different municipalities yeah i mean that's in our company that is my job my brothers were gracious enough to bless me with having to deal with municipalities do you get paid Um, danger pay then in that situation (laughs) yeah i mean i need to choose my words carefully but yeah chilliwack has been fantastic to work with what we've been finding through our careers is that you know the further we go the more cities want to prescribe to you on how to design and build your product. So every year that passes, your freedom to design what you want to design and build becomes less and less. So cities are continually applying new or new neighborhood plan processes. and The zoning bylaws are always getting more detailed and deeper and thicker. And the ability to take a piece of land, have an idea and a concept for it, and design what you want to design because you want it to work how you want it to work, that that freedom is very hard to get. And Chilliwack gave us the freedom to do that with this site, which has been fantastic. And um, the city is very happy with what we've done here. 
we always have a really close relationship with them over the course of the project and they're um, really happy with it. That was one of the reasons why we left Abbotsford and didn't continue working in that downtown is because we, the freedom that we need to be able to do what we want to do, we weren't afforded that there. And uh, it's not that fun when you're in this business and you want to design stuff and build it and sell it or lease it out and market it. It's not fun when you don't get to build or design and build what you want to build. (laughs) So, So we've been, you know, slowly moving east because it seems that the further west we go, the harder it is to do that. Yeah. You guys may want to avoid Vancouver. (laughs) well yeah i mean we've we've, well we've been doing stuff i mean i guess it's it's also based on the track record of what you're doing and it's how bad does the city want it um i mean we've had i've had hundreds of conversations with planners you know over the years and most city planners are really keyed in on pedestrian oriented development but we always run into the battle between planning departments and engineering because Engineering departments and cities still want everything to be car centric and planning departments want everything to be pedestrian oriented. So it's not that everyone in the city doesn't want this pedestrian oriented stuff. It's that I think the cities have a hard time reconciling that between their engineering departments and their planning departments. So that's sort of the struggle that we've hit with pedestrian oriented stuff. That, that definitely makes sense. Are you dealing with like in say for example for the Chilliwack project that you're currently working on are you dealing with retention and heritage components to these builds as well? Yeah, so the city of Chilliwack when we started this project they did not actually have any bylaws really in place that dealt with heritage buildings. Uh when we bought the site I think it was 21 parcels that the city I could be off by a few that the city assembled for that site. And the city had actually demolished most of the buildings. And I think we were left with nine of the original buildings on Yale Road. And then part of our, in our RFP, we had explained that we were wanting to save the heritage components of the buildings that were still up and that still existed. And I think that was a big part of the, one of the reasons why they chose our, I know it was for some of the city councilors, why they chose our proposal. So then we were able to save the facades of, I believe, seven or six of the nine buildings that were there. You guys have definitely had a lot of success, it sounds like, in Chilliwack and recent. Do you guys see yourself doing future developments in Chilliwack? And also having, I guess, a follow-up to that is having a finger on the pulse in that downtown core. Where do you see that downtown core going after this project completes? Yeah, so when we purchased that site from the city, we had to make the decision on whether we were going to purchase more land in the downtown core or not. Since we've placed tenants and the beginning or the first phases of that project have opened up, we've watched the land values triple all of the sites around us. So looking at the land values that exist today, it doesn't make sense for us to buy any more in downtown Chilliwack. Yeah, understandable. Um, And it's also... If there was a large assembly near us, it would be attractive. But as far as buying piecemeal small lots to try and get an assembly the size that we have now, it would be cost prohibitive as far as trying to do something with it. So, um, yeah, we'll wait and see what the market does. And if something comes up or a large piece opens up, we'd probably be game for it. But at this point in time, I don't think I think we're I think we've priced ourselves out of this market. 
And then, you know, also looking at how much real estate we'll be holding there too. I don't know, like from a risk level, I don't know that we want to have more in downtown Chilliwack. Like, so that's another part of the equation that we're, we're obviously cognizant of. Like it might be attractive to spread that to some other cities as well. Are there other markets that are on your radar currently? Oh, we're always looking for stuff. I mean, I do think that uh, watching detached house pricing and what's like we're, we're obviously heavily involved in in developing detached housing in the valley, and we have been for a long time. And watching what's going on in that market over the past two years in the valley, I think we're we're more inclined to start looking east to the interior. I think we I've been watching some of those markets out there for the past two three years, and um, we'll probably end up moving out there at some point in time. I don't know if it's in the next five years or 10 years, but I definitely see that happening in the future. So when you, when you talk about those markets, can we sort of be more specific without giving away your trade secrets? What markets you're really looking at? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting my pen ready. Asking here, for a friend. So, yeah, we're asking for friends here. We're getting our pens ready. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're asking me the questions when, you know, obviously we're working on some stuff up there now, so I don't yeah. want to tell you too much information, but I just see in the interior, I see markets emerging there that I think on our next up cycle, I mean, whether that's five years or seven years or 10 years, but the next time we have a large up cycle like we've experienced over the last couple of years, I think some of those interior markets are going to start performing extremely well. Yeah, no, I think I think we kind of see the same vision from like the brokerage angle thing. Like we have our office in Kelowna currently, which has done you know extremely well in a short period of time. We have an office opening in Kamloops later this year. Yeah. We're, we're very bullish on sort of those interior, smaller interior markets as well, because obviously we've seen tremendous fluctuation in a very good way during COVID where the, you know, people put more onus on other things from a housing standpoint, livability, that those markets have obviously seen a lot of growth in that stuff already. And we think we're just at the very tip of the iceberg right now where some, a market like Camus potentially could go in the next decade. Yeah. And I, and, you know, another thing to track too is the industrial real estate. We have a few industrial developments that we're working on now in the Valley and We've been um, delving into the industrial market like in a smaller way, probably for yep. the last 10 years, seven years, something like that. And looking at the pricing for industrial real estate, I think we're going to start to see a larger push for you know, manufacturing and those types of industrial businesses to move to the interior or tied in with detached housing prices. I think they're going to start to they're going to start to see that shift. And I think we're going to see a lot of growth out that way where you know, people with average salaries can still buy a detached home out there and, and the industrial real estate is actually feasible for a business to buy and, and or lease. So, yeah, I think the, the, whole, the whole real estate program is the affordability in the interior and then also, you know, the lifestyle that people can live out there and what they have access to out there. Obviously, the amenities have grown tremendously there in the last 10 years and yeah, I think it's going to become a viable option for a lot of people to live there. Do you ever see your guys going to the Vancouver Island markets, which have similar type metrics, say to a BC interior market, yet you got a ferry to deal with? The only thing I ever do when I'm on the island is go fishing. <laughs> 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 to be honest with you, it's uh, completely off my radar. I haven't followed any of it. The uh, municipal government planning engineering programs on the island would probably scare me a little bit more than on the island than they would in the interior but yeah i I have not looked out there and i don't i don't know i mean never say never but it's not something that i've been looking at at doing that's for sure 
Dave, I'm, I'm kind of maybe more of a philosophical question, but, but tied into um, the departure from car-centric building kind of idea. Is your hope kind of for the, the Chilliwack area and for the Abbotsford area? It seems like, just generally speaking, a lot of new people are moving into the region. We've watched a lot of the municipalities in, in the lower mainland move away from cars, move towards public transportation, making cities more walkable. Are some of the projects that you're working on, is it, is it part of a, a larger kind of um, hope that these cities are going to move to more kind of walkable and maybe uh, uh, more livable environments? Oh, absolutely. I mean, just the bicycle infrastructure that, you know, for instance, the city of Chilliwack's been putting in and we've been watching them put in for the last 10 years is, I mean, they're doing a fantastic job of it and they're actually putting in a solid effort towards it. When you look at people moving east and wanting to, well, not wanting to, but price-wise being forced into a suburb if they want to own a home, I do really strongly believe that the cities that have, you know, an an urban experience are going to perform a lot better than ones that don't. Chilliwack, there's a few things downtown Chilliwack has that downtown Abbotsford doesn't from a walkability standpoint. Uh, Number one, the core in downtown Chilliwack, there is a slug of amenities and a lot of commercial space right around the downtown core. So it's one of the few cities where the core didn't migrate. The downtown core has stayed where it's at. I mean, a lot of the shopping and retail stuff has moved to the south end of Chilliwack, but a lot of the core businesses like the hospital, the federal building, the courthouse, the post office office, the FVRD office, accounting offices, lawyers offices, all that kind of stuff has stayed in the core and is within like a 10 block walk of the downtown. So that's number one. There's a there's a lot of amenities that are walkable in downtown Chilliwack. The second thing is it's level, like it's flat. So you're not dealing with hills like you are in downtown Abbotsford. So cycling and walking becomes a lot easier choice for people. And the third thing, there's no major highway or train that runs through our downtown here. So you're not, you know, that just amplifies the pedestrian experience. So Kilox has a really advantageous urban, like the, the, the city has an advantage with the urban core that they have. And if they keep pushing on it and developing it out, they are going to end up with one of the best urban centers east of Surrey, I think. Which, I mean, it's translating well into the growth numbers when you see the population numbers. I think last year in Chilliwack, they were over 12% growth. Wow. Unbelievable. Dave, before we let you go, we know we've taken up quite a bit of your time here. We have a six-pack of lighthearted questions that we tend to ask guests just so we get to know you a little bit better outside of the office. Do you have a few more minutes for us? Yeah, sounds good. The six-pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team. These are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. All right. First question up, we'll give you an easy one. Favorite vacation spot? Oh, Bella Bella. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fishing (laughs) reference, right? That is. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I usually try and get get up and spend three weeks on my boat up there fishing every year. Ah, sounds great. Second is favorite movie or, or TV show that you're binge watching right now? Uh, F1. 
Oh, ah, that's Poison. a good one. We've had that a few times. We have had that. Dri- I think it's Drive to Survive. I think that's the one I've been watching lately. I saw a lot. I think it was last night. I saw that that they're going to be bringing an F one race to Las Vegas. Well, that would be something. I think it was last night. I I, I saw it got announced. I'm not sure when. We might have to fact yeah, check this, but I think I, I saw heard you guys. I heard you guys were giving away tickets to that. To yeah, guess. It's, to guess. it's funny you say that. You're one caller too early, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> What's consistently playing in your iPod right now? Uh, old rap music. Oh, yeah. well, I'll tell you one thing we've learned on this show. It's a common thread from most developers who've come on the show that 90s gangster rap music is a, yeah. is, is a key to success in commercial real can we be more specific than just 90s rap dave uh, i'm probably gonna go with easy oh, <laughs> nice. oh good one good one i uh there you go. hilariously enough ipod Corey. that just it's, you just gave I, away your tech uh technology well, 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 it, tell, it has it has to be 90s rap because that's all that exists <laughs> yeah in well, I'll, I'll, yeah, well I'll, I'll tell exactly. you this i remember after watching the super bowl walking around our vancouver office and some of the younger guys did not know who Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and these guys were from the Super Bowl. You felt old. We're getting old. (laughs) Um, And a book you'd recommend, Dave? Oh, what have I been reading? The guy that owns uh, or that manages Bridgewater Capital. Changing World Order, I think it's called. Actually, that that just popped up as a recommendation on my Audible. Nice. Yeah, it's it's pretty, um, I mean, it's, it's a hard one to get through, but he's tracking these cycles of economies like on a on a huge scale like a really long scale and he he looks a lot at you know the dutch empire the british empire the american empire and tracking debt cycles and disparity political disparities and income disparities and stuff and doing projections on what he thinks going to ha- is going to happen with the with north america and europe over the next few years is pretty interesting wow wow Question five is favorite bar or restaurant. And if we could maybe do Chilliwack specific, just because I'm kind of now excited to visit Chilliwack. Yeah, actually, probably the Bound Stern in Chilliwack just happens to be in our development. Oh, nice. I've been to their yeah. Abbotsford location and it was really, really good seafood. Yeah, same menu. I like to think that the space, we actually TI'd that space for them and helped yeah. them design it out. So it's a it's a super cool space. It's... um. It's in the old Imperial Theater. I think it was built in 1905. And wow. uh, we stripped it down and we have a lot of exposed, old exposed wood and, and block and stuff in there. It's a, it's a pretty cool space. And they have a good seafood menu. Last question for you, Dave. A piece of advice you maybe give a listener looking to get into commercial real estate in some form or fashion, whether it be a tenant or say an investor for that matter. Keep your spaces full and don't be scared to drop your rent to get a really good tenant. Ah, that is a good answer. We run into that all the time in the brokerage community where, where landlords typically want to hold out for their number, not realizing what that vacancy costs them to hold out for. And if you get a good quality tenant coming forward, dropping it yeah, a couple exactly. bucks is worth every like penny. For us, we've, we've figured out that you know you get a tenant that comes in and especially if you can scale rents on them and give them some discounts in their first couple of years to get them going yep. and make sure that they're super solid, then your five-year renewal is where you're going to make your money on your tenant, right? So. Well, Dave, if that development thing doesn't work out for you, you got a job at William Wright Commercial any day of the week. (laughs) Uh, Dave, how can people find out more about what you're up to and, of course, uh, Algra Bros? Yeah. um, Well, our downtown development is uh, all our stuff's on Instagram at District1881. So there's a lot of cool stuff on that feed. Be nice if you guys follow us. 
for sure. Um, Done. So that one's there. And then uh, algorbros.com has our red stuff on it. And that, you know, you can get to everything we're doing from our algorbros.com. That's A-L-G-R-A-B-R-O-S.com. Well, well, thanks so much for taking the time, Dave. Very, very um, interesting conversation. And we appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Yeah, guys. Nice to meet you. Great. Enjoy thanks so much for time, Dave. Take care. There you have it, folks. Our interview with Dave Algra. Algra Bros Developments. I, I, I'm uh, not going to keep doing it. I just, uh, it's new. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> so, so for the listeners who can't see, Adam has got this new yeah, DJ setup here. I we've feel got, like Kanye West here. We've got, got like preloaded the, cricket noises. Yeah. We got drums. We got all the fun stuff. Yeah, we got. So we got to use it. We got to use music. It. It's it's uh, it's exciting. But here's the thing I want to say about our conversation with Dave. What a blessing to these communities to have guys going in there that yeah. know what they're doing to to add value to the neighborhood just in general, right? And then you get these amazing tenants that want to be in this space. And after that conversation, I was like, ah, we should take a weekend trip out to Chilliwack. Yeah. Well, you know, funny too, like especially in commercials, we have what they call the halo effect, which is where people, you know, if other businesses do well off other businesses next to them. Right. And with a project like what they're doing in, in District 1881 there in downtown Chilliwack, he talks about how the property value of the surrounding properties have obviously gone up dramatically. So right. by them coming in and creating this mini master plan in the downtown core, that's going to feed into other developments that will eventually happen in the coming years off of what they've done. So they've kind of just started the domino effect of what typically will happen. And, and City of Chilliwack is very fortunate that, you, like you said, you get, get developers that come in, know what they're doing, they have a vision for it, they can execute on that vision, and the whole community benefits by it. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, again, another another 90s gangster rap developer. Uh, common thread. It's a common thread. And Corey, I just want to mention someone who actually is from the development community who did not choose gangster rap on our sister show, Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. But we just had Nick Paulella. He is the vice president of development at Marcon on the VREP. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it was fantastic. So if you just enjoyed that conversation... You still want to listen to more real estate conversations in the lower mainland. Check out the most recent episode of VREP with Nick Palella. Yep. No, Mark Hunt's done a tremendous job in their development expansion and that over the past decade. Incredible. Growing tremendously. So I, I, I'll definitely be listening. Fantastic. And Corey, how can people find out more about what you're up to? And of course, William Wright. They can visit us on our website at williamwright.ca. They're welcome to call our Vancouver office anytime at 604-428-5255. And we'll put them in touch with an agent in whatever marketplace they're looking for. As well as they can always send me an email at corey at williamwright.ca. Always happy to talk real estate. Awesome. All right. Well, have a great week, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Subscribe today.